Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I am Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. I want to thank you for downloading and listening. The Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomenon. It publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers, otherwise known as the Strolling Astronomer. This podcast depends upon donations from you. That's right, you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear in the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as $1 a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. And for a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Observer's Notebook Handbook. I'm sorry, the Novice Observer's Handbook. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com slash Observer's Notebook. If you would like to join the ALPO, membership begins at only $18 a year. You can find out more at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find the ALPO on the Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And also, this here podcast has its own Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. If you enjoy what you hear in the podcast, please, please, please subscribe. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast. And now, episode 69 with the Eclipse expert, Mike Reynolds. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook podcast. We have a special event coming up in July, a total solar eclipse. And with us today is our eclipse expert uh, from the ALPO, Mike Reynolds. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hey, it's always good to be here, Tim. Appreciate you having me on and talking a little bit about some eclipses coming up. Yeah, before we get started, why don't you just give a little bit of background about yourself so everybody knows who you are. You've been on before, but just to remind everybody. Well, first of all, I'm one of these... Um, long-time members of the ALPO. I attended my first ALPO um, convention in 1971. Jeez, wow. hard to believe. But my my two loves in astronomy, and I think it's because I was so influenced by total solar eclipse on March 7th, 1970, is eclipse chasing. And professionally, I do a lot of stuff in meteorites, meteoritics. When I worked on my doctorate at the University of Florida, one of the things I was very interested in the solar system astronomy. And so it's always been one of the things I've, I've followed and done quite a bit of work in. Uh, so it's um, both an eclipse chaser and um, almost fanatical. I am fanatical yeah, about eclipses. And ask my wife, she'll tell you. <laughs> and also uh, my, I have a lot of professional interest in meteorites and meteorites cratering, that sort of thing. So I really am a solar system guy. Now, how many total solar eclipses have you seen? 
Believe it or not, um, I've been to and have seen 19 total solar eclipses, about right under one hour in the shadow of totality. And that spans again from March 7th, 1970 through the Great American Eclipse in 2017. So Fantastic. Now, our... Obviously, they're not all the same. What? No, and that's the thing. Yeah, that, that's the thing is that people say, well, you've seen one, you've seen them all. I'm going to tell you, Tim, that it amazes me the difference between eclipses. They all have their own personality and feeling. And you know, how does the shadow approach you? And how does the temperature drop? What, what does the, the sunset effect look like around the horizon? And you know, how long is the is the diamond ring, Bailey's bead, what's the corona like? And these are all just wonderful variables. It just all are so very different. And it's funny because I've often heard people say, well, I'm just here because my husband's here or my wife's here or my, my kids are here or whatever. And they made me come along. And they're usually the first ones who say afterwards, when's the next one? When's the next total solar eclipse? That's I got to exactly be there. Right. My wife the one last year was my wife's very first total solar eclipse and it wasn't even over yet. And she looks at me and goes, when's the next one? So uh-huh. it's, 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 it's the bug you get. It really is. And, and it is. until you are in, are in the middle of the path of totality, you don't know what to expect. And it's, it's an and, amazing and, experience. And photos just can't describe it. I mean, you try to look at these photos or try to tell people, I do this with my students all the time. I say, you just got to experience it. Trust me. Just to go out and experience it, and you'll understand. Very true. Now, this one, uh, July 2nd, 2019, um, we are um, um, uploading this about a month ahead of time, so give people time to do any kind of planning. But obviously, if you're going to travel there, you better have already made your reservations, right? That's true. Uh, it turns out that I think because of the popularity and just how people reacted to the 2017 Great American Eclipse, that a lot of Eclipse tours are fully booked. It's amazing that that sort of interest. This Eclipse also is a little harder to get to. Um, most of the path of totality is in the middle of the um, South Pacific Ocean. So you have to be like on a, a cruise ship to get to it, uh, which I've done cruise ships, and they're really nice to do for eclipses. You have a little bit of more mobility when it comes to, you know, if there's bad weather or a cloud. I had to actually happen with one eclipse where the captain saw we had one cloud or one hole in the clouds, and he moved the ship where he saw the entire eclipse. The land part of this eclipse is a very small path across Chile and Argentina. In fact, the eclipse ends at sunset in Argentina. So it's not a very um, it's not a very long path on land. So again, uh, it's one of these that a lot of people have already made their preparations for and and you may have even have some difficulty finding a flight if you decide to fly into um, Santiago, for example, at the last minute. Are the partial phases visible in the northern hemisphere? Just barely sneaks into um, Central America and a little bit of South America. So, yes, you can see it, but the the heart of the action, of course, will be um, in the South Pacific. Are you traveling for this one? I am. We're going to fly into Santiago 
and um, in, in Chile, and then we're going to go north from there. And um, we've got a couple places picked out depending on the weather. The elevation will be important. Where we'll be at in, in, in Chile, we'll see um, the eclipse about 12 degrees above the horizon, which means it'll be a spectacular sunset eclipse. Um, maximum totality for this eclipse is four minutes and 33 seconds. That's good. Out in the, yeah, out in the middle of the Pacific. It's a little shorter when you get towards that sunset. But I've seen one other, one other sunset eclipse in the shadow approaches the sun like an hourglass. It just kind of swoops to the sun. And so it should just be absolutely spectacular. Sunset eclipse, 12 degrees off the horizon. If we get clear weather, it just should be absolutely amazing. Fantastic. Now, are you going to where the optimal observing location is for this on land? Well, optimal, in my definition here, will be where it's clear. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> and so we keep a close, we'll keep a close eye to the weather, and we'll um, hopefully find us that, that spot where we'll have that just nice sky down to the horizon. We're going to be up in elevation. Um, this is very near, the, the eclipse path is very near all the observatories uh, down in South America and Chile. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty good location. It is the winter down there. Uh, we're talking about July, so it's the winter. So it'll be interesting just to see you know, how that all works out. Are you going down there early to scout out other locations? or? Uh, we're, we will be down a few days before totality and start moving south as we have to go. Um, actually, excuse me, north from Santiago to the Eclipse Pass. So we will be out to, to watch the weather, obviously. And you know, you, what you do with something like that is you you watch the local circumstances. And of course, understand they can change the day of the eclipse. But get a feel for the weather. Look at weather forecasts. Um, look at sites. Uh, try to pick out the place. You, you got to remember, since the, the sun is only about twelve degrees above the horizon. Make sure that eclipse is like not you're not in a valley, you know, not going to be able to see it. So all those little factors you got to plan out and look at in advance. Are there any public events set up for down there? Are you going to hand out eclipse classes or what? what do you have anything planned for that area? We'll take extra eclipse classes as we have a lot from 2017, because I know that whatever villages or cities we end up there, the people will, will need these eclipse classes. So uh, we'll just ha- have to see how it all goes. Okay. What are your expectations? From this eclipse well my first expectation always is clear skies <laughs> yeah. i've been i've been very fortunate over 19 total score eclipses i've seen 19 that's you know that's a, a very very um wonderful thing um beyond that i'm looking forward to seeing a really nice sunset total score eclipse um i'm interested in the shadow dynamics how the shadow will um move towards the the, the the moon shadow that is will move towards the sun obviously interested in the corona and coronal shape concerning where we're at with the um, solar minimum and sunspot activity so those are always interesting things to me and um interested in that sunset effect it's been something i've studied over the years you know the various colors and how they move around the horizon sometimes it's very obvious and sometimes it's it's not as obvious so be interested in photographing and detailing what we see with the sunset effect. What do you mean sunset effect? Well, what happens as the as the moon's shadow 
moves across Earth and the sun is being covered up, you know how at sunset you have these kind of orange, reddish colors at the western horizon? Mm -hmm. These colors can sweep all the way around the horizon, 360 degrees, as the moon eclipses the sun at totality. And so we call it the sunset effect, and it can be very um, undistinguished to just absolutely incredible colors at the horizon. I've seen it both ways. I've seen it barely noticeable. I've seen it, you know, where you just say, oh, my gosh, look at the orange and reds around the horizon. Uh, that's, that's pretty incredible. So that's what we call the sunset effect. And it's something I've studied that the shadow motion for, for many, many years now. I'm very interested in, in that particular phenomena. Interesting. Now, are you part of a tour going down there, or is this, you're doing it on your own? So we're part of a tour. Okay. And um, folks like Michael Bockich from Astronomy Magazine, my buddy Michael, mm-hmm. he, he and his wife are also on the tour. And so there's there are other Alpo members on the tour oh, also. Great. So we're looking forward to it. Great. Sounds like fun. And, you said and my to- wife. Totally is about four and a half minutes. Yeah, about four minutes and 33 seconds. I was going to add the important the important part of the expedition is my wife. She seems to have the, the good luck charm, too. She's She's been to 11 total solar eclipses, and she just wants to take a pair of binoculars and observe the eclipse and won't come near any of my cameras, which I don't blame her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go near It's not like you can do a redo. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, that's true. Wow. That's true. Now, now, for those people that are able to observe it, what type of observations are you looking for? Well, it's a variety of things, much like what people did for the um, the 2017 Great American Eclipse. We're interested in images, uh, imaging. We're inter- interested in observations of the shadow, the sunset effect, uh, coronal shape, uh, any unusual things like um, um just you know, details on Bailey's beads or the diamond ring. Uh, some people make timings, and some of the timings will include things like first contact, second contact, third contact, and fourth or last contact. Uh, some people will time the, um, the, the moon as it goes over sunspots, if there are any. So it's just a variety of things. And you can go to the Alpo website, and we have details on the type of observations. we got so many rich reports from the 2017 eclipse. I know there won't be as many people going to this eclipse, but we'd love to hear from those who, who go and let us know about your successes as well as your observations. Um, we'd like to publish a nice article in the, in the journal about people's successes. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing and hearing about the observations of this eclipse. It should be a lot of fun. It, it really should be. It should be a good one. Sorry, so far from home, but... Yeah. You know, at least we'll have one coming up in 2024. Yes, and we'll have a podcast on that in 2024. There, there, <laughs> Probably there a go. few podcasts about that one. I, I would guess so. I yeah. would guess so. Um, so how can everybody get a hold of you? Well, if you would like, please go ahead and contact me at my college email address. It is m.d.reynolds at fscj.edu. That's Florida State College at Jacksonville. And sometime after the summer, I will be changing my um, email address because I'm retiring. Good for um, you. I've, I've been teaching for a number of years, and I want to do some more writing. I have a another meteorite book in me and a couple other things, projects I'm working on. And, and so I'm going to retire from the, the, the college world and 
pursue some other things. Fantastic. Well, Mike, I wish you a lot of luck, safe travels for this eclipse, and uh, take really cool pictures, okay? Thanks, Tim. Will do. It's always a pleasure to be with you. All right. You take care. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the, of the Observer Notebook Podcast. I again want to thank our special guest, Mike Reynolds, coming on and talking about this upcoming total solar eclipse. And those of you traveling to it, please send your observations to Mike. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. And you can also listen to us now on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and Amazon Echo. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. You can give us up to, up to as much as $35 a month to receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Seedentop, for his generous support of the podcast. The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the ALPO, is down below in the show notes. You can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at at ObserversNBPod. Until next time, my hope is that you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.